The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box, where we're talking all things Major League Baseball, and most importantly, we're talking about your 2019 World Series champion, New York Yankees. As always, I'm your host, JJ, joined by my guy, Keith McPherson. Keith, happy Tuesday. How are you doing? Yo, I'm good. Today is uh, my last day being 30 years old. Tomorrow's my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. So everyone listening to this, here's what you do. It's Keith's birthday. He's 31. He's old as shit now. As a 34-year-old, I could tell him it's over. Here's what you do for Keith. You go on Twitter. You go on Instagram. You go to at Keith underscore McPherson. You follow those. You go over to at George's Box Pod on both of those. You follow those. You tell one friend about this show and get them to listen to it. Maybe they subscribe. Maybe they give us five stars. And you know what? Keith's the happiest 31-year-old in the fucking world. That's easy, man. Birthday made. A follow? That's a free gift. Give there it we up. Go. Follow there George's we go. Box. Follow me. Follow JJ, too. Get the trifecta. I'll, I will be smitten. That, there we go. So... Happy birthday to you, Keith! Uh, you know, a day early, thirty-one years old. How you feeling? I'm I'm officially thirty-something. Um, t- as well, tomorrow when this podcast comes out, I'll, I'll tell people, yeah, I'm I'm officially thirty-something. Uh, I'm a co-host of George's Box Podcast. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, no, most people don't care. Now that you have a podcast, you actually learn, like in that excitement of the first like week or two, people are like, oh, you got a podcast, but then eventually, like, no one cares. Yeah, no, I was like, I was running out of like places to to post the link and like tell people. I like threw it on my LinkedIn today. I was like, let's let's see what happens with this here. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, luckily the Yankees for you and for your birthday and really for all of our sanity have turned the corner. They've officially turned the corner. When we talked last week, we were feeling good because we had just won three or four against the Royals. We had just beaten 
the Red Sox in a mini sweep, and then we won a 14-inning game against the Angels. And we were feeling really good, but things just kept getting better. Since we last spoke, the Yankees went out, won two more against the Angels, lost one against the Angels, then had a sweep against the San Francisco Giants. And now as we record this in the evening on Tuesday, we're looking at a Diamondbacks team coming in uh, that we're headed to to play a two-game series. Um, so uh, it's a very exciting time to be a Yankees fan because we're rolling out a triple-A roster and we're getting shit done. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. A triple-A roster is the number five-ranked Major League Baseball team in the MLB power rankings. I'm looking at this team and I'm just hoping for anything. I, at this point, anything that happens, I'm cool with. And they're surpassing my expectations. They're getting it done. It's almost like there's like a chip on their shoulder. These are, are the replacements, replaced for 28 crew. And they're like, well, we're not going to lose these games. We're going to play better than anyone expects us to. They're like banding together. Hashtag next man up. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with this team. I was not expecting the movie to look anything like this in the first month. But I don't know what to say about them, man. They're winning games. They're figuring it out. And our AAA team is one of the best teams in baseball right now and has the best record over the stretch of the last, like, 10 games or so. It's even more than that. It's since um, April 16th the Yankees have the best team in baseball. Um, let me ask you this. We sit at 17-11 and 11 right now. If we were 14-14, and 14, just a 500 team right now, would you be happy with this roster? If we were 500 right now, I would actually be happy. I think I'd be I said, thrilled. I'd I be think thrilled. I said this team, I think maybe two podcasts ago, I'm like, we just got to coast. We just got to get through. We got to stay around 500. We have every excuse to lose, and we're not losing. Like, shout out to Aaron Boone. Shout out to Brian Cashman. You've never heard or read a bad word from me about either one of those guys. And this season right now is a credit to them. I don't know if you agree. I don't know if you're 100% a Cashman guy or 100% a Boone guy, but they deserve all the credit in the world. Your thoughts? I'm 100% a Cashman guy. Love Brian Cashman. If he wanted to have a second mistress, I'd be fine with it. Do whatever you want, Brian. You've earned it because he he's played as GM. Like He's played a couple different games. Like He played the George Steinbrenner you're going to buy who I tell you to buy. Just go out there and spend. And won and made that work. And then as it transitioned out of that, he cleaned up the mess that really, like the a the second A-Rod contract, that wasn't him. That was George. He was doing mm -hmm. that on his own. So he's cleaned up that mess, built a great team. Like our opening day roster with everyone healthy is the best on paper in the league. And then he built all these backup plans for himself. Nothing but love for Brian Cashman. Aaron Boone still has a lot to prove for me. I don't necessarily always agree with his managerial decisions, but I will give him credit that he has these guys motivated. And I think that's the biggest thing. We've talked about it before. You got to, at a certain point, say, who the fuck wants to be a baseball player today? And I don't know how he's doing it, how he's communicating that message, but he is getting something across to these guys that let's go out there and be some fucking men today. And they're all, you know, they're next man up. Yeah, next man up. This is like a high-level chess game that Aaron Boone has to play. Hashtag replace for 28. I've been tweeting that every day because as soon as this started, well, not even, maybe a week ago, I'm like, okay, chase for 28 has turned into replace for 28 because if I'm managing this team, I don't know what I'm going to do. And in year two, I don't think Aaron Boone thought he would be managing a New York Yankees squad with the Rail Riders and with 
Mike Talkman and DJ LeMayhew and Gio Urshela and like these names of guys, I, I definitely don't think he would have to figure out, you know, where to plug and play these guys. And even figuring it out, it's not just figuring it out, figuring it out and successfully playing, winning, and winning like these aren't close games. We're not beating these teams. And, you know, obviously the Giants aren't that great. The, you know, we well, realize they suck. But we're, we're blowing the them out. The games are, the, all these games were over pretty quick. Houston's the only team that we've played so far this year that's been above 500. So going to play the Diamondbacks, having the Twins come to town uh, next, you know, this weekend, those are both going to be challenges. Yeah. And you know what? That's where we get to the point of, you know, if we can stay about 500 in those games, if we can go about half and half with those games, we're in good shape. Uh, but we've done what you want every team to do when you're a fan of a team is just go out and win the games you're supposed to win. And Absolutely. you're supposed to beat up on these bad teams. And that's exactly what, you know, what the team's gone out and done. Yeah, man. And we've got six games. We're, we're 17 and 11. We got a little six game cushion going into this two game series against the Diamondbacks. If we beat Granky tonight, you know, I'm just it's just going to keep rolling. Um, this little two games in the middle of the week here. If we take both of these games Everybody in the world is buying a Yankee hat. And this story starts to snowball out of control to like, not out of control, but like to the point where it's like, what happens when the Yankees get their actual team back? Like, book it. See you at the parade is a real thing. If we are winning with these guys, what happens when one by one our all-stars come back and fill this team out? I know the Twins are going to be a challenge at home, but we're going back home. These guys played so good on the road. It's going to be a, a comfort level. It's going to be uh, like it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait to go to the game Saturday. Like Saturday, just to see just exciting. to see all the fans back. And you know how Yankee Stadium gets. If we go on a, a road trip like this and we come back, would we lose one game on the road trip so far? If we come back only losing one or two games, the stadium is going to be lit, cracking. Everyone's going to be on their feet, clapping their hands, yelling and screaming to show this team some love. Sometimes you talk like a like a white teenager who's trying to be a vine star just like lit cracking it's so funny it's a white teenager just trying to be a vine star (laughs) yeah like in california like a cool like damn daniel like that that's how that's how i feel i like (laughs) it i like it dude that's how i describe the stadium when i'm there i'm like it's lit it's cracking it's popping it's live that's that's authentic. These these white, these white teenagers are trying to be like me when they're talking like that. You're going on Saturday for uh, Star Wars Day. Yeah, I went that's last year. Be a it, was, scene. it was awesome. It that's always be is a scene because there are so many people who are Star Wars fans that are that, going because that of that bobblehead dude. Like it's that, it's madness to try and get so, the the bobblehead. So you've got Saturday to me is the perfect storm uh, at Yankee Stadium. So you've got Star Wars nerds. You've got bobblehead nerds, and with that, there are kids mixed into each one of those, people who are using their kid as their excuse to go. And then you've got, it's just starting to get warm out. It's the day before. It's the Saturday of Cinco de Mayo. So you've got a combination of just like families, nerds who just want a bobblehead, and just like just drunks. Uh, It's going to be a scene, and you've got a team that's coming in hot. I can't make it on Saturday. I'm jealous. Like that's a game you go to and you're not filming any videos or making same. You're just getting twisted. I'm I'm definitely filming because I'm gonna be there all day and I'm praying for weather because it's saying it's supposed to rain. 
I'm praying that the weather like is just clear for the game so that we can we can get the game through. But yeah, I'm like a little kid, man. Like you hear me say like lit cracking. I'm a 31 year old dude, and I'm like, yo, it's gonna be popping because I'm like a little kid going there, like living out these dreams. I'm definitely getting a bobblehead, maybe two. Um, I'm definitely. Ooh, what's your game around. plan for two? What's your game plan for two? How do you get two? We're gonna be in a suite, so I'm gonna try and like I'm gonna try and figure it out, and then obviously you know, my girlfriend is coming. Oh, okay. Um, so you're not going by yourself. So you get yeah, two, yeah, yeah. You get it's, hers too. There's no way you can just line go through the line and get get two. They're serious with that, and maybe you try to buy it off a kid. Like I've tried to buy a bat off a kid before at like bat day because they don't give them to adults. Yeah, you could. I mean, the thing is, like for Judge last year, the Jedi Judge bobblehead, I had people DMing me. It was madness there. When they ran out of judge bobbleheads, I thought there was going to be pandemonium, like a stampede or people rioting. Um, it's, it, it adds a level. It adds a level of excitement just for a little CC Sabathia doll. I'm definitely getting one. I hope my girlfriend gets one. Um, my boy Zeke is coming with me. He's going to get one. Maybe they'll have extra in the suite. Batista, hook it up, dude. We'll see. I'm, I'm so pumped. That's how I'm celebrating my birthday two years in a row now. What suite are you in? Oh, I don't know, man. Um, Batista at Batista one. He he hit me up and like I like I said, he wants us to to come to the suite and hang out. He hit me up to see if I was available, and I was planning on going to the game yesterday. He hit me up a couple weeks ago, and we booked it. So we'll see. It's it's um his it's his son's uh, first Yankee game, I believe. So the energy is going to be there. It's gonna it's gonna be a great time, and and hopefully we roll the Twins. I love it. I love it. It's gonna be exciting. Um, going back to kind of the week that just happened, there's been a lot of good things that happened. Uh, one thing, though, that pissed a lot of people off was Tyler Wade got caught sleeping on second base. Uh, I know this fired you up. Yeah. Um, for anyone who didn't see it, uh, fly ball to center field, Trout tracks it down, turns, throws it back in. Wade gets back to second base on time. Uh, I believe the second baseman pretended like he caught the ball and had thrown it in. Uh, actually, the shortstop had it. Wade shifted his feet, took his foot off the base by millimeters, gets tagged. It goes to review, and he's out. Um, that got a lot of people fired up because all these young guys have been playing so well. And uh, I said this on the Instagram Live I did with Andrew the other day is that really what these guys have been doing is being playing very fundamentally sound baseball. And that was a case of not fundamentally sound baseball. But I know that fired you up. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but you got pissed. So let's hear what you have to say on it. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not sure because it was a couple of days ago, but I think it might have ended the inning. Didn't it end the inning? And it was just like, yes. come on, T-Wade, you got caught slipping, bro. I'm, I definitely sound like a white teenager. Like, you got caught slipping, bro. <laughs> right. But he... Is it, come on, that's that's simple stuff. And I guess props to Andrelton Simmons. He's one of the best shortstops in the game, and that's a heads up play. But you're a major league player. You cried about not making the team this year. Maybe you didn't make the team originally this year because of things like that. Like, come on, dude. Like, be aware. That's awareness thing. What you know, you gotta have an aware awareness level. When you create a player, uh, I don't even play video games, but when you create a player in a video game, you can make his awareness a certain level. T-Wade's awareness there was at like 40%. So, yes, but my issue isn't so much with Tyler Wade, and maybe this is just a larger, bigger discussion. Uh, replay in baseball. I don't. I agree that replay, there were so many plays that were happening before replay came in that like they were just bad calls. There was that perfect game that 
the guy from the the Tigers lost who ended up out of the league very soon after because Del Umpire Raga? just blew it. I forget. I remember that. Um, but yeah, like, I do remember. They, that. Did, they just blew. They, they just blew the call. You should have replay for that. I hate replay for things whether it goes for or against the Yankees of a thing like that where a guy shifted his weight and like you know he's not even a quarter inch off the base and he's out. I hate those plays. I don't think that's the spirit of the game, uh, the spirit of the rule. And I think right. if you're going to do that, for. if you're going to have replay on that, then get rid of the umpires and let's just go to an electronic strike zone. Like, why do we allow it to happen at home plate? But a guy shifting his feet, it's not like he got caught sneaking off the base. I don't even think that's a hidden ball trick. To me, a hidden ball trick is that the player thinks the next pitch is going to start. You know, yeah. the first baseman still has it, and then you go to take your lead, and you're I was out, just I think you know? I've seen Miguel Cabrera do that. It's he did it in spring like training. First, yeah, first did, base move. Mike it's Lowell just, used to do it for the Red Sox. He did it like a billion times. It's just a heads-up play by Simmons and a sleep-at-the-wheel move by T. Wade, and it ends the inning, and it's just like, come on, man. It's like, like that can't happen in the situation that we're in with you know, trying to grind out every game with our backup guys. You know, we need every out. We need every opportunity. And for cheap outs like that, it definitely grinded my gears for a little bit. But T-Wade made up for it. He's been playing all right. He's been playing good. Um, and again, like, it, it's not – he's he doesn't just get a total pass on it. Like, you got to be paying attention. But I just really wanted to bitch about, like, it's just not the nature of the rule. It's not the spirit of why they made that change. Right. Um, it's but, def- they, def- they definitely didn't ever sit down and talk about replay for that. that. I mean, but it's an option. You know, you can review it. You can take a look at that. But that's not what it was put in for. I don't think there's any sport that's really doing replay great. No, it's tough. It's, it's complicated a lot of things. You look at, look at the NFL with the Saints and that pass interference call at the end of that game. That was terrible. And they're going to talk about that literally forever. Um, I just heard it on ESPN radio like a day or two ago because they were covering the draft. Replay, it's good and bad, but that's it's just a mirror to the world. Technology, as technology advances, it helps, but it also doesn't help. So let's highlight, as we kind of close out the week, let's talk about some of the guys who are playing really well. Gio Urshela, who hopefully his hand is all right, we're more information, hit 450 this week. Yeah. Uh, Estrada hit 429, and this is a guy who got shot last offseason. He played yeah. part of last season with a bullet still in him. Um, Cameron Mabin, who we picked up out of a at a bus terminal, is batting 375. DJ LeMahieu, who I was worried, who I, I said last week I wasn't worried about, but he did have a down week, uh, came back and hit 360 this week. But Gleyber Torres, who I was worried about because he's a young player and I think he's, you know, he's playing in a lot of games, hit 346. Tyler Wade, 333 in five games. Mike Ford's hitting 300 in four games. Um, you know, these guys who, you know, Brett Gardner's next at 238. All these guys are all young guys who played in the minor leagues very recently. And then to top it all off, Luke Voigt, your AL player of the week with a slash line of 433, 528, 867, 13 hits, 10 runs scored, four home runs, 10 RBIs, and very important to me, five walks. AL player of the week. Remember we used to have another guy that was a future of our, you know, first base spot. We had a, we had another first baseman of the future. I forget. You think Greg Bur- you think Greg Burgess there, fucking smashes yep. his apartment 
Like you see <laughs> Luke Voigt. Because here's the other thing. Luke Voigt, and he was asked about like, you know, are you a flash in the pan? And he said, I don't understand why people think this. I've always been able to hit. Mm. My defense has kind of been an issue. He's only got three errors this season. So does Torres. So right. it's like, and you, some of his errors, there was a game, I think it was in the Sunday game against San Francisco. He made a good play to like to stop a ball. And then he rushed himself trying to flip it to first and threw it over the pitcher's head. And now that is because he had made some really good plays in that series, just kind of rushing himself. So he's now fundamentally getting there. Now it's just getting the timing, getting a little comfort. He's turning into a star. Yeah, he is a star. And that competition at first base that we were talking about in February, throw that all the way out. Um, and look how, like, this movie is amazing, man. It's better than Bull Durham. It's better than the Bad News Bears. It's better than, like, Luke Voigt is now, like, our leading guy to, like, become an all-star. Luke Voigt has made himself the first baseman of the Yankees and the way that it happened with, like, Bird getting hurt and then him balling like this, so it, like, leaves no doubt. And these other guys, like like Estrada, Urshela, like, I, I think about this team and I, and I imagine the dynamic in the clubhouse is that all of these guys know that they're getting a shot to play for the greatest franchise in the world and they're just making it happen. They're making the most of the opportunity. They don't know each other that well. They can't. You know, Cameron May Maben uh, was just getting a DUI three weeks ago and is still going to court for that. We pick him up. Um, who else? Or, or Shell Estrada. We put Estrada in, in left field. And like, he had never played an inning of professional baseball <laughs> in the like, outfield. Is this real life? Is this serious? Like, and this movie is amazing. That's what I'm talking about of who wants to be a fucking baseball player today? Right. You're not a third baseman. You're not a pitcher. You're a fucking baseball player. I mean, Jay Happ had to pinch hit at one point. Right. And that's the chess game I'm talking about. That's what Boone is playing this replace for 28 like board game where, okay, now you know you subtract this player. And what do you do? You only have these players available. Like we're watching the game, and, and I'm I tweeted. I'm like Jay Jay Hap just batted because it is getting that bad. Like we just watched Jay Hap go in and bat in a National League game, which I won't even get into the whole DH thing. But like this this high level chess game that Boone has to play with players and figuring stuff out, and we're winning. It's not like we're losing. We're figuring it out, and we're thriving. When when we get to the point of the DVD where it's like. And and then Aaron Hicks returned and followed by Didi Gregory. It's just, it's just going to, like, roll. Who's going to have the strongest team come October? Our guys are going to be fresh. So you gotta got to be thinking about that. We got asked by uh, Joe Bicina, Biciccio. Oh, I don't know. It's something really Italian. Uh, I can't say it. Close uh, enough. He said, any chance Voight gets uh, voted an all-star? Um, I think uh, if you say, is there a chance? Yes. Will he? I don't know that he'll be voted as a starter because he is going up against guys who have kind of bigger names. You know, you've got your Miguel Cabrera. You've got your um, Jose Abreu. There, there are guys in that position who can go out there and just get votes based on name and based on what yeah. they've accomplished in the past. But with the season that he's had, and he's already got eight home runs, so let's say he just keeps that pace. You know, he's looking at... He's got 20-something home runs as we're getting into the home stretch of all-star voting. I don't see how coaches and players don't vote him in as a reserve. Yeah, and, I mean, we're the Yankees. We have the most fans. We could start the campaign now. Luke Voigt for all-star. Who else, who else is going to be in the all-star game 
from our team at this point, Domingo Herman. Um, I feel like, like we do a bad job at promoting players to be in the all-star game until it comes down to that final vote. It's almost like the team's like, well, wait, we'll show it off in the final vote. I mean, we end up with a lot of all-stars every year, but I feel like we don't use the fact that we have the most fans in the world. Like that should yeah. just be a campaign. The Yankees should just sweet. We have the most fans in the world. Let's prove it. And, you know, make, you know, Luke Voigt a starter. You tweet it and we'll retweet it. And that's what I'm saying. We can start this now where if he keeps it up, why not push him into the All-Star game? Because the way we're, we're going into May tomorrow and then All-Star voting will start happening in a month. And who's going to represent the Yankees if all of our All-Stars are hurt? I, I And part of me also doesn't mind like everyone just getting like four days off at the same time. Yeah, too. we probably really like, will need it. No we're keeping guys. Like, I don't want – one thing I don't want is Luke Voigt in the home run derby. No, absolutely not. Yeah. We, we know we, – we've seen what, the, what that does to players. No, we're not in a position for anybody to even flirt with that. Um, no we, one's doing anything extra. I don't want anyone helping an old lady with her groceries. Like, you're not picking up anything extra. You just do what you have to do to stay healthy for the rest we of the can, year. We can barely survive these games. I, I'm watching it, like I said, since the like, first podcast – Watching these games is like watching a car crash, watching a scary movie. When when Geo got hit, I right away I was like, "Oh no!" One guy we can't afford to lose that way. When you you know Judge got hit last year, when you're watching guys get hit by pitches, it's like, man, we can't catch a break. That that Kate Smith hex, man, I'm telling you, it's really tough to to see Gio get hurt like that because it was in the same series. I, it might've even been the same game. The announcers were saying like Michael Kay and Ken Singleton, who I thought retired nine years ago, were saying Gio Urshela was asked like, well, you're playing well, but realistically, you know, they've got Miguel and Duhar. Didi's going to come back at some point. They've got Troy Tulowitzki. We've got DJ LeMahieu. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think about this for your future? And he had the right attitude. He just goes, there's nothing I can do about that. All I can do is play. I'm getting an opportunity to play for the Yankees. I'm going to play for the Yankees as good as I can. And if I end up somewhere else from that, whether that's somewhere else is Scranton or in another city, like there's n- at least I gave it my all. And then to see him take that ball off the hand was really tough. Yeah, I tweeted during the game something about this guy is a pro ball player. He's shown us that he's a pro ball player. He already has a highlight reel of defensive clips. And now he's bringing the bat. We'll see what the future holds. I literally said, we'll see what the future holds. Minutes later, the future sucked fast. Boom. He's out, hit by pitch. I'm like, ah, oh, we don't even have anybody else. Yeah, I mean, that's where you end up with J-Hap uh, pinch hitting. Right. So, you know, as we look at people returning, uh, DJ LeMahieu got an MRI. Everything looked good. Just some inflammation. He fouled the ball off. And everyone on Sunday you know, was really scared when he came out of the game. But I think it was just a matter of if you're stiff, we're up 6 nothing. come out of the game. Uh, Gio, I mean, y- he took a-, a pitch to the hand. So nothing's broken. But I could see him missing this entire, you know, the Arizona two games because that gives him four and a half days off yeah. uh, because they have off days yesterday, off day on Thursday. So I'm not really that that worried about those guys. But. More importantly, um, Miguel Andujar and Troy Tulowitzki both played in extended spring training games yesterday. Yeah. Um, over the weekend, Andujar put up some numbers. You know, he, I think he went like two for three. He had a home run. 
uh, in playing, you know, five, six innings of game in games. Uh, he went three for five on Monday, playing five innings at third base. Uh, he made two good throws to first. So that's good to hear in terms of getting, you know, both of those guys possibly back to kind of solidify that side of the infield. Uh, but really to just give us back some depth because we're just at the point where there's no one left on the 40 man roster. We had to move Sevy to the 60 day to get Cameron Mabin. Like we just, it's not even the 25 man roster. We're worried about the 40 man roster because we have no one else on it. Right. And that's another part of the chess game too. playing with the, the IL. It's uh. I'm telling you, when when we get to October and this team is back in full strength and we look back on the adversity and all the things that we had to overcome and the things we had to do because of this injury bug, there's I don't see there's no way we're, we're not winning a World Series. We've already overcome so much and shown how deep the talent is on this Yankee team and the farm. Um I just I don't know, I'm looking I'm looking way down the line now. I know we'll survive and get through this, and I also know that it'll it'll even out, it'll balance out because now people are saying, well, what if, well, let's not put Giancarlo Stanton back in because if Stanton comes back, you know, what if he sucks or what if the guys come back and they're not as good? Pump your brakes with that narrative. Obviously, this is baseball. We know it's going to even out. We know the Yankees aren't going to keep taking every series, sweeping every series. But we're in good shape. We're in great shape. I can't wait for the trade deadline, honestly, because when the trade deadline comes, we need to get all of our horses in order and be ready to go for the final push of the season. Um, Someone called into the fan today and actually said, I'd rather lose with the players the Yankees have right now than win a championship with the injured players. What what? a fucking idiot. We're the worst. Yankee, Yankee fans are the worst fan base because there's so many of us. So you get these ridiculous takes from all over, and you can't tell who actually is a fan or who's kind of a fan or who actually knows what they're talking about, who doesn't know what they're talking about. There's just everyone's a Yankee fan. And I, I've always said that everybody's a Yankee fan or everybody's got an opinion on the Yankees. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we've got uh, – we have Hicks is going to play in a game on Wednesday, extended spring training. We've heard Stanton could be in a rehab uh, game at some point this week. Uh, Judge – Judge, we still don't have an update other than I wrote a blog based on a video I saw that a guy who said he was a doctor made where I deduced that he could be back by Memorial Day, which I would take. Yeah. But I'm also a moron. So, you know, it could go either way. Ah, man, I, I read that. I like that optimism. I tweeted it, too. I think I, I threw it in a, a thread because people were oh, on Judge's birthday. People were like, oh, man, happy birthday, Judge. Miss you. Come back soon. I threw that in there. Like, here's some optimism. He might be back sooner than you think. And maybe he will be. Either way, we got the horses in the back. They're coming, and I'm excited about it. Got the, the Yank- horses in the back. Right? That's me being trendy. Either way. Is that a segue? Is that a segue to Vlad Jr.? Yes, it is. We've got the Yankees <laughs> facing the Diamondbacks, the Twins, starting something with the Mariners before we talk uh, again. Uh, there's going to be some challenges there. But let's start talking around the league. Um, and really, the, the biggest story in baseball this week um, has been – the promotion of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, by the Blue Jays. There was a lot of stuff going on in spring training about, you know, he was clearly ready to play in the major leagues. So it was, you know, are they going to manipulate his um, his service time? So they get an extra year of him. Uh, we saw Tatis end up, you know, not, you know, starting the season in the majors. Uh, we saw um, Eloy with the 
White Sox signed an extension so that he would just eat up all his time. So he would start the season there. But now we've got Vlad went down with an injury. Uh, so he still had to do a little bit of minor. I think he hit three home runs in eight games. And now he has been called up to the major leagues. And I think one of the most hyped up call-ups that we've seen since Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. Right. I was trying to think myself, like Chris Bryant. I'm like, when have we seen this much? We haven't. Because it's a, it's a perfect storm for MLB, and I bashed MLB for not putting Mookie Betts in the Let the Kids Play commercial, and David Price bashed MLB for not marketing African-American players. Um, Vlad Jr. is not African-American, but he looks black, so close enough. But it's a, it's a perfect storm. It's the father-son dynamic, which is the storyline in all of baseball. You know, that's the dream scenario. A major league player gives birth to, you know, we've seen this with, Ken Griffey, Ken well, Griffey yeah, you've Jr. Got the, you've got the Griffeys, you've got the Bonds, like the you know, Boons, you know. Yeah. Um, so that that's a perfect storm. Then you you've got Toronto, right? So it's Toronto. He's in Canada, Montreal, Toronto, and then you can throw Drake in there, right? And then you have Vlad Jr. pop up. The Toronto Raptors are in the playoffs. You have him pop up at the basketball game. Now it's like this like crazy influencer viral moment between megastars, Drizzy, Drake, and Vlad Jr. Vlad Jr. hasn't done shit in major leagues yet, but he's already, you know, like, I, I love it. I'm cool with it. Even though that guy's going to be a future Yankee killer, he might end up a future Yankee. Um, I don't know how much you caught of it when you said it got the horses in the back. I'm like, okay, you definitely saw that's his walk-up song. I was wondering how long. I think you're the first person. I didn't even see anyone on Twitter. But I was like, someone's got to say he's eventually going to be a Yankee. Like, no one gets to be good in the major leagues without us saying he's going to be a Yankee. Yeah. Here's my thing. Uh, what if he just eats himself out of the league? Like, he's a <laughs> fat ass. Yeah, he's a chunky boy. He's, got, he's chunk. He's, Chunk. You can barely see his eyes, and he's been a chunky boy. How many he times have you seen the picture? Pounds. He lost 22 pounds oh, he lost in this, this offseason. He's listed. I've seen him listed at 6'1". I've seen him listed at 6'2", both times at 250. So you know that's like 270. He must take after his mom because Vlad was, was lanky, and they showed how many times you see the picture of, you know, little fat Vladdy Jr. with his, like, you know, tipping his cap. Yeah. And he looked like a little teddy bear with the cheeks, and you could barely see his eyes. He, He's definitely a, a Twinkies guy, but he could eat himself. I mean, he could be looking like um, like Prince Fielder in a couple years. Then or, we won't be looking for him. Or Pablo Sandoval. Yeah. Like, that's Pop, the thing. I mean, Pablo Sandoval, <laughs> meals like, on wheels, running around the bases. Yeah, I mean, Prince Fielder was fat, but, like, you know, he had other medical conditions that took him out of the league. And Pablo Sandoval's in the league. I mean, we just saw him this weekend. But he's a guy who would go... He'd get fat, then he'd lose a bunch of weight, come back, be good, gain weight, lose it, and then he signed that big contract and was just like, no, I'm not going to do that off-season yep. training. Like, I'm just not going to do here's it. A, here's a great uh, Sandoval story that just came back to memory. So he, he visited the fan cave when I was in the fan cave, and I guess they didn't get him his lunch or his meal or whatever, and, you know, that's no good. And we had to tape uh, the MTV2 show off the bat. So he's back in the green room with the cave dwellers, myself and, and my, you know, the other seven fans that were in there. Were you actually on that show? Yeah, we were, we were on it every week. Um, we weren't the host. Sway was a host. Fat Joe was a host. I Melanie would watch Iglesias it. Chris and Chris DiStefano. Yeah. Um, but we were kind of like, they had us in our own section. They would like throw to us. They're like, and the cave dwellers. And then gotcha. we woo, whoop it up. But so um, 
Kung Fu Panda is in the back and he's like, I'm starving, man. Like, you guys got food? You got food? We showed him where the like green room chips are and they have those snack chips, like the little tiny bag of chips yeah. that he, he starts taking bags of chips. And this is his method, I guess, crushing the bag of chips, like literally clapping them, crushing them with his hands, popping them open and just throwing them back like they're liquid. Like, like shots? Just... I saw him do that to maybe two or three bags of chips. I'm like, this guy is a tank. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I mean, I remember he just saw, he signed with the Red Sox, and then he broke his belt buckle on a swing. Exactly. Like, All yeah. of these stories are in line with the fat ass. <laughs> and so, like, that's the thing. I mean, I think Vlad. I think Vladdy's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a good player. It's not like he just got called up and he's not gonna be able to hit. I mean, some of his stuff has no, been. He's gonna hit to the he's opposite gonna absolutely field. Hit. Yeah, he he's gonna hit. You know, whether it's happens in I think it was in his first like 40 games or something like that. Mike Trout hit like 220. So like, you know, sometimes you just have to adjust a little bit. So I think he's going to hit. But there is a big part where I'm like, all right, he's never had to worry about money in his life. Um, and he still worked his ass off to get to the major leagues. Mm -hmm. um, but. Like, it's just so easy to get to, like, that's what he's is fat. He's been fat. It's easy to continue to get fat. Like, getting fat so much easier than staying in shape. And especially if it's not like, well, if I don't do this, like, my whole family and life falls apart. No, he's already set up, and he knows he's, like, you know, heir to the throne. He's just got to, he's just going to go up there and swing, man. I, I wish him the best until he comes to the Bronx or until we visit. Like I said, he's a future Yankee killer and then maybe a future Yankee uh, props to MLB, the Blue Jays for hyping him up, and there was great video, and that's it's also the technology and the the age we're in. That shot of him walking up to the plate for his first plate appearance, and then playing horses in the back, and the stadium going nuts. I'm like, this is epic. This is like out of like a movie. Like if Major League or something was shot in 2019, this is what you know it would look like. So it's good for Major League Baseball. We need more superstars, especially brown ones, and and. You know, Major League Baseball did not drop the ball on marketing Vlad Jr. Did you see the seats he got at the at the Raptors game though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, of course. Wait, no, he, he was he courtside? No, he was in like the hundred level, like thirty rows off the field, basically at the baseline. Drake was courtside. I assumed he would have well, been courtside. Drake lives courtside, right? I, Drake has got think, the obvious best seats, but they put well, him in the hundred level. It was probably late notice. They probably had nowhere to go. We are the North, up. the Toronto fans. They those tickets are. Oh, he didn't. What do you mean? He I didn't show didn't see up till like at. the. He he didn't show up till like the third quarter. Like, what's oh, okay. the point of even going then? Yeah, then no. The point of going was just, hey, this is going to be a viral moment. We need you to meet Drake and get it on camera, and people are going to eat this up, and it's going to be good for baseball and good for the Blue Jays and good for you know branding and stuff like that. Good for the city of Toronto. Yeah, I mean, I did like that he got to meet Drake, and Drake probably cursed him. Oh yeah, Drake uh, is a sports. <laughs> the cancer. Drake curse. The Drake curse is all over him. They they embrace. It's all over the hug. Red Sox. JD, he killed JD Martinez for sure. That picture. Yeah, they need to wash the internet of that picture, and then maybe the Red Sox will figure it out. Yeah, I need to screenshot it now just in case they try and do that. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think he's going to be good. I, one thing I do like though, even with like, I think it'd be very easy for him to just get fatter. Is apparently like his dad's on his ass. Like he struck out twice on Saturday, yeah, um, including with the bases loaded and no outs. And his dad was just like, "That's not what you do." 
Like, yeah, don't bring shame on my great. name. Good, yeah. Dad. He's living vicariously through his son now. He can't play anymore. So he's looking at him. That's great. I, I would like to see like I would like to see more of that. They showed him up in the press box watching the game. I, they should mic him up more. They had him mic'd up when he was, you know, um, on the field for pregame warm-ups. They should mic him up during the game to hear what he really says about his son when he's when he sees his son playing. They had him mic'd up. Uh, for the game because on that fly ball to the wall, he was saying, like, he was yelling, like, fly, 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 fly. Um, okay. Which was cool. But at the same time, you mic him up too much, and then uh, you run into it a LeVar away. ball. You're in a LeVar ball situation. Yeah, it takes away from the kid. I don't know, but see, that's just... It was maximum coverage. There's I saw so much stuff, and, you know, even with that, there's stuff that I didn't see and I didn't know, and uh, fuck the Blue Jays. I'm a Yankee fan. Like, I'm not watching that game. I didn't really tune into most of that, but that's what I was saying. They marketed it so well, you can't it. miss it. You can't miss, you can't miss any of that stuff. I caught it because it was on MLB Network, and I was in a bar. I was in Syracuse for the weekend, and yeah. so I had the Yes Network back in my life, like, just regularly to watch it. I, uh, I skipped the wedding ceremony. Like, I just didn't go to the ceremony of the church because I was like, I'm going to watch the beginning of the Yankee game. Yeah. Just you, told, told my wife, like, I'm not going. A, you're such a baseball guy. That's such a baseball guy move. Whose wedding was it? It was one of my wife's friends. And she had another <laughs> she had another friend there who didn't have, like, who it was single. So it was kind of like the three of us. We didn't know anyone else. Uh, and so I was just like, well, why don't you guys just go? And I'll just watch the beginning of the Yankee game. And then it, somehow yeah, I'll just, that I'll just disappear and watch yeah. the beginning of the Yankee game conveniently. Yeah. yeah. I conven- it was like in a church. It was like 180 people, apparently. Like I, when I saw the couple, I was like, oh, beautiful ceremony. Like I had no problem <laughs> doing that. I do that all the time. I never go to ceremonies. If you have it in a church and you don't go to church every week, I'm not going to your. There's no reason for any of us to be in the church. Yeah, I'm not a big wedding guy either. I avoided it for so long. And, and as I'm getting older, more people are inviting me to their weddings. And I'm just like, all right, hopefully this doesn't suck. Yeah, I'm at a point where I, I got like one friend left who's got to get married. And I, I tell people, hey, man, don't don't waste the 300 bucks on me or whatever the plate is. Like if 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 Aunt Sue's new boyfriend wants to come, you know, let let him go. Like, I'll be good wherever I'm at. I'm going to be at the crib watching the Yankee game. Don't worry about inviting me to your wedding. No, like I go. I don't mind going to weddings, but just a reception. My thing is people who have weddings. And this is a lot of my friends. This, I've seen a lot of people do this who are like, oh, we're doing like a full Catholic mass. And I'm just like, but you don't go to church. So why yeah, are we kinda, doing this? Yeah, and they're like, weird. oh, it's for my parents. And I'm like, well, they're going to die soon anyway. And they, <laughs> don't, and they don't go to church. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, now what I gotta are you sit, putting that on for? I got to sit there for an hour while you have to. It's so long that you have to sit in chairs at your own ceremony. Get the fuck out of here with that. So, yeah. So I got to watch the Yes Network. <laughs> um, so Vladdy has not gone deep. But everyone else in Major League Baseball is going deep. Right now, there's a, a power surge in baseball. Uh, the league average is 1.33 home runs per game. And in 2017, Major League Baseball set a record for the most home runs that the league had seen with 1.26. So right now, it's translating to we're trending to 358 more home runs than two seasons ago. Um, I got a bunch of other numbers I could throw out at that, but... I think what's been interesting, at least from our perspective, because I think we watch everything with, you know, Yankees tinted glasses. Mm -hmm. So last year we set the record for home runs by a team in a season because we had Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, you know, and and other guys chipped in. Yeah, Didi was the best player in the history of baseball last April. Um, But 
without those guys in the lineup, like early in the season, you know, we talked after the Baltimore series that I think we're relying too much on the home run. Now I feel like we've gotten away from it. Yeah, we did have Gary Slamchez this weekend. But for the most part, you know, over the last week, the Yankees have only hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight home runs. So eight home runs in a week is less than the league average. But apparently it's not just Kristen Yelich. Like everyone's going off. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if the pitching is that bad or the steroids are that good now. Obviously, that's a joke. Um, I, I like it. And, I mean, it, it, it's just funny, man. Look at this Yankee team having to play small ball and figure it out when we were so reliant on the long ball, and now we don't have all our boppers out there. We don't have Giancarlo. We don't have Judge. We don't have Didi. Gary's just coming back. We got to figure it out. We got to grind it out. And we're in the time where Major League Baseball has never seen this much power, never seen this many home runs. And it's the new norm. I think in the ESPN article, they compared it to the three pointer in the NBA and how you see guys like Steph Curry and even like, you know, Damian Lillard shooting a 40 foot three pointer to end the game. And Paul George saying that's a bad shot. You're looking at baseball and you're like, who's pitching? If all of these guys are hitting moonshots like this, Every game, every day, what's going on with the pitching? I don't know if the pitchers are that bad or if I think it's I the know. ball. I think it's the ball. You think the ball is a little juiced? The ball is. Uh, I don't know that it's juiced. I think that's the easy thing. I think that the that's easiest easy thing, thing to, to say. say is just like, oh, the ball's juiced. Like they're doing something to the inside of the ball. I did see someone. I think it was like Matt Cerrone maybe tweeted it um, before I knew we would talk about this. Before we saw the article. He had uh, posted a screenshot of text messages with a major league pitcher who was no longer with the Mets because he covers the Mets. So he pointed out this isn't someone on the Mets. Uh, he's like, what's up with the ball? And he goes, it, the balls are bullshit. The, um, the uh, stitches are lower than usual and the ball feels slicker. So yeah. even the case of so then he said, well, can't you just rough the ball up? And he goes, you can't if you're getting a new ball like every pitch. Like you can't just stand there and rough it up every single time. And he felt like the uh, umpires are even switching out the balls quicker than they usually would. So it's a combination of foul balls or a ball gets put in play. Oh, hey, we'll give you a new ball. Um, that the pitchers feel like, you know, they can't get the same grip that they need. They can't get the same rotation, that same curve because the the actual you know stitches are raised and I haven't caught a foul ball yet this year or ever in my life so I, I don't have anything to compare it to but I think that's an area where it could go um, I don't think steroids are back um, just because there's too much testing and it'd be too much of a black eye on the game for it to happen again yeah I don't know I, I think I remember David Cohn last year talking about the major league baseballs now and back when he pitched and the difference um Maybe that is that's the reason, maybe or, or part of the reason. I think it's a few reasons and a few things. Uh, the technology we talk about, you know, we, these these guys, uh, they have a lot more help with their swings. They have a lot more help with you know reading pitchers and pitches. I don't know why. I mean, it's not steroids. When you think about the steroid era and you know the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa run, and back in in, in those days, you would expect it to be then. But you know, baseball's supposed to be cleaned up now, and now we're seeing. This power surge, I think it's good for baseball. People love to see home runs. You talk about getting a ball at the game, people go to the game to try and get that ball. Like Everyone there is hoping that a foul ball or a home run 
lands in their seat. And with these home runs, more people are getting souvenirs. I think it's great for Major League Baseball. I like watching it. It gives us highlights, right? We're going to get to that point in the summer when there's no basketball, there's no football, and all ESPN top 10 is going to be web gems and bombs. And let's see it. I hope I hope for more. And when our guys come back, Stanton, Judge, Didi, you know, we'll start hitting them again. The Bronx Bombers won't be playing small ball for too much longer. Last year, the Yankees set the home run record with 267 Entering Monday, three teams were on pace to beat 300. The Twins are on pace to hit 317. Mariners, 308. Brewers, 301. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that the long ball, it drives ratings. I mean, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa taking steroids saved baseball after the 94 strike. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk a lot about the worry. I mean, Dallas Keuchel still sitting at home. Craig Kimbrell still sitting at home. We talk about a possible work stoppage uh, going on in the future. So it's like, you know, maybe we got to get people in, got to get them hooked now, because if we wait to bring them back in, you know, it's going to be tough. So let's get them hooked on long ball. Hope we don't have a work stoppage, but let's try to get things in, you know, the offensive favor, because that's what's going to drive it. With short attention spans, no one wants to tune in to watch a one nothing game. Besides probably. Right. Me. And it, it, it helps the home run derby, right? They changed the home run derby rules a couple years back. Now with more guys hitting home runs, we'll get new guys into the home run derby. Um, like last year, I didn't know anything about Max Muncie until I saw him in the home run derby. And I'm like, oh, I have seen this guy. Oh, he, he is a bopper. He, he's got some power. He's pretty good. So the more guys hitting home runs, the more guys we can have in the home run derby and more people tune in and watch that. And it'll help Major League Baseball. They'll, they'll still be behind the NFL and the NBA. Like I was talking to someone on Twitter. They were like, oh, it's baseball season. I'm not worried about the NFL draft. I'm like, you don't have to be worried about it. But the NFL draft is going to dominate headlines. Um, Yankees don't know what to do as far as uh, who's going to play third base, who's going to be in the lineup. Giants don't know what to do as far as who to draft at number six. Had to get that one in there. Daniel oh. Jones joke. Oh, because, yeah, because you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, had to do that. Yeah, all right. Because you fell in love with a bunch of crackheads when you were a fucking kid. Absolutely. Fuck what Good are you, times. What are you, Florida <laughs> State football, the Cowboys, yeah, Duke, Duke basketball, basketball, the Yankees, and the Brooklyn Nets. And that's just because they were close to you. Yeah, they used to be in Jersey in Continental at, Airlines Arena. I, I went to a couple of times when I was young. Were you a big fan like your whole life or just when they made it to the No, finals? no, no. I was, I was a bandwagon fan. I was a Bulls fan. I was a Jordan fan. And then I was a like a, a Kobe fan, but I started to get more into like players. And then I was like, okay, well I like Kobe, but like my team is going to be the Nets because the Nets got pretty good, went to the finals with Jason Kidd. And then I just rode with the Nets from then. But I, I was on a bandwagon when I was a kid. I picked the Yankees. I picked the Cowboys. I picked the Bulls when I was in maybe first grade. And then I picked Duke not long after that. Bulls got swapped out for the Nets. But I don't care. People people today at 31 are like, you're a front runner. You're a front runner. I'm like, I was a front runner in 1994, dude. There's a difference. Ah, hey, loyalty. You know what? Loyalty. Loyalty. At I'm least, loyal to the teams that I picked in the early 90s. That's all. At least you uh, At least you own it. You, you have, have to own it. You have to own it. Because it. It, looks, it looks super janky to be like, I like this college basketball team in North Carolina. I like this college football team in Florida. I like this baseball team in the Bronx. I like this football team in Texas like you can't have teams all over the map most most people are taught to just like their regional teams but 
uh, I grew up with no one in my house telling me anything about sports. My mom, you know, she turned the TV on and she signed me up for rec leagues and stuff. But I had an imagination and I picked the teams that were winning and I was like, okay, these are my squads. Yeah, I um, I like Duke basketball because I don't really care about college basketball, and so like they're they're villains. The Yankees are villains. Like I'm right. fine with that. Um, my sister went to Florida State. Uh, so like I kind of follow Florida State football, but it's amazing really down there. I'm sure you've been right. You've been to yeah. Tallahassee. Yeah, she got married down there. She got married, and it was they were playing Miami that weekend. Lit. Like I, I went. I've been ago. on the field. I went down there. I actually was able to weasel my way in through recruiting. Like I got a recruiting letter to come to the spring practice. I just pretended I was a bigger recruit than I was. I got to meet like Charlie Sexton, uh, Xavier Lee. Um, I didn't get to see Bobby Bowden, but I got to see his office. Crazy. That's awesome. I yeah, um, yeah no I so yeah I don't care about that more I care about like Notre Dame football just because I'm an Irish guy from New York so you just have to be yeah like, we don't have falls in line no, with the Yankees there's no college football team anyone from like the New York area New Jersey you can like any college football team you want because Rutgers was terrible for forever you know like there was Rutgers, nothing to like yeah. so no, Rutgers never gonna be good so last thing kind of going around the league we're bringing it back to the Yankees. Uh, there's a Babe Ruth jersey that's going to go up for auction uh, in the next couple weeks on June 15th, uh, and they believe that it's going to get over $4.5 million for a Babe Ruth jersey, and what makes this special is that it is a jersey that says Yankees across the chest uh, back in from 19, I believe it was 28 to 1932, the Yankees would sometimes wear road gray jerseys that said Yankees across the front of it instead of just the traditional um, New York that it says. So it's kind of rare. It's very old. Uh, Babe Ruth's grandson confirmed that it's been in the family for over 70 years, and they think people are going to go out there and get it for $4.5 million. Crazy. That's such a like old white guy move. Like if you if you had four if you have four point five million to claim this jersey, would you do that with that four point five million? No. So I want to play a game. I would not like. I don't know what amount of money I'd have to have to spend four point five million on a game. And now I don't know your financial uh, situation. You don't know my financial situation. No one does. So it kind of makes it a little tough. But what amount of money would you spend on this jersey? With the caveat that you can never profit off of it. Because obviously, if you said, hey, $10,000, I'll give you ten grand right now, and I'll sell it for $4.5 million. But if right. you can, There's no flip? With no flip? You can't flip it, you're, but you can pass it down. Like, when you die, your kids get it. I, I bought a couple authentic jerseys for, like, $300 years back when, like, Nelly was wearing tall tees and authentic jerseys. I wouldn't, I don't know if I can't flip it. And like, I was able to like sell some of those jerseys and some of those jerseys I still have. They're around like 275, 300 for like authentic NFL jerseys. I think my Masahiro Tanaka jersey and I have another Yankee jersey that was like 220. So I wouldn't spend any more than like two to 300 on a jersey that I couldn't profit off of that I couldn't flip. Um, This is outrageous. I I mean, maybe it's multiple people. Maybe it's uh, maybe maybe it's Jeter's crew that owns the Marlins. They're like, yeah, let's scoop that up as well. Like I see like multiple people. It can't be one person that's just going to buy this Babe Ruth jersey. Um, No, I'm sure there is, you know, because people say um, so the guy who is part of David Hunt, who owns Hunt Auctions, is going to be doing this, uh, said 
the scarcity and desirability of this particular Babe Ruth jersey simply cannot be overstated. Ruth game-worn jerseys are the pinnacle of collecting and investment pursuits within the marketplace with the current offering uh, marking a generational opportunity. So I think the important thing there is, like, this is an investment, um, and this is, again, generational, like, yeah, if you tell me I can have this jersey for twenty grand, and then I know down the line my kids are going to be able to sell it for $6 million, $7 million, yeah, I probably yeah. do that. But, like, it, I don't know how fast, you know, you can resell this. You know, like, when do you get your money back on this? Is it is in 10 years? Is it $5 million? Like, was it worth that investment? It, I, this is has, this has to be just for like collectors, guys that are obsessed to have the money and are obsessed with baseball and collecting memorabilia and items. Because I just don't see I don't see the value in it. It's not like a, a piece of art where it's gonna like appreciate. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's a, it's an investment, but it, it's not something that I see four point five million. You know, you can do it four point five million besides buying. Uh, a piece of fabric from 1920. There's so many things you could do that can turn that 4.5 million into another 4.5 million. This is just a flex. This is just an old white guy flex. Some old rich white guy is going to flex on the internet and it's going to be boom, sold to uh, this guy who. You're has... trying to think of an old white guy name. Yeah, I was definitely trying to yeah. think of an old white guy name. Um... Mort McAllister. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go, Mort. Put, yeah. your, put your bet in right now, $4.5 million. And it's just going to sit in his basement. He's just going to flex when people come over and say, yeah, I got Babe Ruth's no, I don't, jersey with the Yankees I don't think this front. is a basement thing. Like, you're not throwing this up on a wall in the basement. Like, this is – you have to be a collector who has some kind of, like, extra security. Like, you yeah. have to have other mem- – like, you don't go four and a half mil on this Babe Ruth jersey. That's not your toe in the water. Yeah, I don't know. This isn't my world at all. When I saw this, I was like, what? Who does that? Where did like where did they even come up with that number? 4.5 million? Is it because of the years? Is it because it's it's rare, obviously. It's that rare. You know what would be ill? Like, I put I play I'd pay the 4.5 million if it said Ruth on the back. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Fuck you with your goddamn stupid names on the back. You're an idiot. That, then that would be super rare. Then I'd understand. No, but it wouldn't Yankees be rare. On the front. You could buy that shit across the street at one of those fucking shops that rips you what off. What if they discovered that back in the 1920s, there was a Yankees jersey that said Ruth on the back? Then I'd be like, yo, 4.5 million sounds just about right. Give me but, that. But they know that there's not because of pictures and history and Google. Uh, we got to ask his grandson to take a second look. If there's one with Yankees on the front, I've never seen that. The way Gray say New York, if they got one that says Yankees on the front, we got to have one that says Ruth on the back. No, because it doesn't exist. And that exist. one's going to be $5.5 Because it doesn't exist, and you're a stupid person. <laughs> so, as we start to wrap this up on Tuesday afternoon, we are on the precipice of history for one Karsten Charles Sabathia. CeCe Sabathia heads into tonight's game with 2,997 strikeouts, just three away from the milestone of 3,000 strikeouts, which is big. I mean, he's had a very long career. Um, His career has ended, I don't know, like four times. You know, like it ended (laughs) ended when he got too, um, too fat, 
Then it ended when he got too skinny. Alcohol. Then he went to rehab. Now he had a heart attack. And like he's he still had here. Knee issues. Yeah. The guy is has been nothing but issues. Uh and he but he's about to be the 17th member of the 3000 Strikeout Club. And like when I looked it up, I was saying like, you know, I was like, oh, I wonder how many people have done this, you know, just kind of not knowing off the top of my head. And I expected the number to be higher. I don't know why, but I was like, oh, you know, guys probably used to just strike out more guys. I didn't think it would only be 16 right now. 14 of those have been elected to the uh, the Hall of Fame. Yes. So Roger Clemens and Kurt Schilling are the only two who have not been. Um, I think uh, they'll both probably be put in at some point. Roger Clemens definitely should. Uh, Kurt Schilling's a piece of shit and should be thrown in prison for forever. And he blocked me on Twitter because he's a fucking bitch. But um, and he's going to hear this. Good. I hope he fucking <laughs> does because that was ketchup on his side. I'll, I'll tweet it to him. <laughs> yeah, you should. And you know why? Because I'm doing it for Andrew and the people of Rhode Island who had all their money stolen by that scumbag. Yeah, he who's is. Scum. Also, who's also like he's probably a racist. No, um, he, not probably. He's confirmed racist. I forget what broke out with him, but he said a bunch of stuff where I'm like, this guy is blatantly racist. Yeah, he's he's reckless. Fuck that guy. So um, knowing that he needs three strikeouts for tonight to get there. Do you think CeCe gets it on Tuesday night? I think he does get it tonight. And um, I mean, I, I love CeCe. I, I hated on him last year because there were some times where we needed to win. And I was just like, CeCe should be pitching. Get him out. But I think he gets it tonight. Three strikeouts. I don't know. If he goes five, I think he can get it. And um, that list of 16 guys, I don't know if there's any brothers on there, man. I don't know if there's any black guys on that list. There might be one. Uh, Let's see. Nolan Ryan, white. Randy Johnson, white. Roger Clemens, white. Steve Carlton, white. Burt Blevin. There's never been a black Burt ever. White. Tom <laughs> Seaver, white. Don Sutton, white. White, 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 white. Isn't Ferguson Jenkins black? Yeah, he is. There's one. There's, there's one. You got Fergie in there. Bob Gibson, also black. There's two. So, so CC will probably be the third. And Pedro Spanish. That's so he's different. in there. I'm you just, know, because CC's got a lot of pride in being an African American pitcher and hitting this milestone. I'm sure he, you know, he feels some type of way about that. So I'm rooting for him to get it tonight. That'd be lit. Yeah. No, I mean, if we look at his last couple games. Um, you know, he's got 11 strikeouts over the last three games. So he's probably gonna, you know, he's probably gonna get there tonight. My only worry, he's got three strikeouts in his first start of the year, five last, uh, five against Kansas city, three against the angels. Uh, he's pitching there with two, four ERA, uh, some sabermetric nerds probably say that doesn't matter, but I think that's good baseball. He's got five innings in each game. But he has pitched against the White Sox, the Royals, and the Angels, who are all, you know, not good teams. So it'll be interesting to see with a, a better lineup that he's facing. But he does get to face a pitcher. So, you know. Yeah, so he should strike Granky out. But Granky Granky can hit. Yeah, he's like the <laughs> that's the thing. As I said, that I was like, it's fucking Granky tonight. And he's like the best hitter in the best yeah, Granky's not. He, Granky's definitely not trying to be the third strikeout that gives him three thousand. He's going to try and hit it to that little hot tub in out in the outfield. I did that see, little pool in the outfield that they have at Chase Field. I did see someone on the Bronx Pinstripes Facebook put up the question: Like, do you think once he strikes out two, someone might just strike out on purpose so they can be like 
the guy ever in that that moment. No, I don't think any major league baseball player is going to ever want to be in that kind of moment. Well, I saw it with like when McGuire, like Mark McGuire hit his 70th home run or his like 62nd home run was like 70 miles an hour. Like guys kind of grooved fastballs for that. Grooving pitches is one thing, but but striking out like to be the like, I don't know, that's like the the other way around. I don't think there's any guy that wants to be the 3000 strikeout because then you're on jeopardy. And you're the but, answer to a question or something in sports jeopardy. Like no one wants to be that guy. I don't even think you are because like you just move on from it. Like I have no idea who anyone's three thousand strikeout was. Like yeah, no they one, don't ever really bring that up. If you break, but there no will be. Rides. It's 2019. There, there will be for the next like so. CC's gonna get that strikeout. There will be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook of the video of the moment for the time being. Yeah. No, no one really wants to be that that viral guy. Yeah, I don't know. I just think he's. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's, you know, I don't think anyone will care, really. Like, it won't be, like, a huge standout moment. Like, maybe they'll show it when CC goes in the Hall of Fame because he's clearly a Hall of Famer. But I think we both agree he'll probably get it tonight. Uh, everyone can fact check us on it tomorrow. Hopefully, the Yankees keep the momentum going. We're facing two pretty good teams uh, who are maybe playing above their potential out of the uh, Diamondbacks and the Twins. Uh, but we get to come home this weekend. We've got the Twins. You've got Keith at the stadium on Saturday. Star Wars, drunk girls for drinking that smell like tequila. You've got kids who just want a bobblehead, grown men who just want bobbleheads. And that's a whole argument for another day because you strike me as a bobblehead guy, Keith. Yeah, definitely. You will see me post a picture of the CC bobblehead as soon as I get it. I'll probably be in Billy's after the game. I remember last year. I think Glaber hit a bomb to win or like to put us ahead like seven six, and I had left the stadium because I was too drunk, and I was in Billy's and saw it happen, and it, it turned into uh, Club Six One Six. How much would you sell your CC bobblehead for? I'm not selling it. Like I, I have the. Well, judge. there's a I, number. There's a number. I guess there's a number. If like for a hundred dollars, do you sell it? Nah, and there's been some times for, where I really need a hundred bucks and I'm still not selling because I want I I personally want it to keep it and like you've seen my wall, like, like it it's gonna go up on my wall. I, I have I don't have a number. Half I guess your living room looks like the biggest Yankee fan like bedroom for a ten year old. When I move out of here and eventually get a like a house, my basement I have more stuff in storage. I just put on this wall what I could fit on this wall. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely getting that bobblehead. I guess if, if I'm at the stadium and my girlfriend, Nicole has one and I have one and someone offers me like 200 bucks, then, then yeah, I'll do it. So you'll sell your second one for 200 bucks possibly. Yeah. yeah but the let's only say you one only I have one, let's say you only have one, $300 cash, nah, nah. 500 cash. I would need a backup plan to let go of it. I want it. I literally do want, want it. Like there was a time when we didn't do these. I remember seeing, they put out the promotions and I saw Star Wars Day, CC Sabathia bobblehead. They're also doing a like Captain America, Mariano Rivera bobblehead later in the year. I'm getting that too, and there's no price for me to sell it. I just want it. I'm I'm a 31 year old child, seriously, who doesn't have 500 dollars because they kept their bobblehead. <laughs> right, seriously, I'll pass up on 500 I, bucks just to keep that bobblehead. I love the youthful spirit. I hope you get two. I hope you get three. Maybe you sell one of them. Buy yourself a bunch of drinks at Billy's. If you're at the stadium, keep an eye out for Keith. Maybe look up in the suites. Maybe he's up there waving down there. People yeah, like and I'll Roger be walking Clarence. around. Tweet me. I think the plan is to go to the dugout at 10 a.m. 
and then I'm going to go into the stadium by like 11, 30, 12, and then Billy's whenever the game is decided. So tweet at me. Tell me where you're going to be. Um, this, is, I, this is only my second game of the year. I was at opening day, and then this is, you know, this is the second game. So I'd like to see some people run into some people, Bronx Pinstripes crew, uh, George's Boxers. That's the thing. I'm going to make that a thing for like people that listen to George's Box. I think Andrew came up with that. George's Box, and then the like hive is the George's Boxers. I got gotcha. you. I picked up on that. Yeah, I had to break it down for you. No, you not didn't. like you not didn't like have to. not like not like like Hanes or Fruit of the Looms. Yeah, It'd be like, like I understand. Fist fighting. I understand, Keith. Listen, I went to Drexel University. You went to Monmouth. <laughs> all right, you went to my. And I backup. barely went. You went to my backups. Backup. All right. Get yeah, I barely. I barely. That was my backup too. I went to JMU. Left there. Went to Monmouth, and I barely went. So, uh, follow Keith on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. It's at Keith underscore McPherson. You follow at George's Box Pod on Instagram on Twitter. If you follow the two of those, you're going to fucking make Keith's birthday because tomorrow Keith turns 31 years old. As you're listening to this, he's turning 31. Go tell a friend to check out this show. I feel like we're really hitting the groove here. We're getting to know each other. And then listen, if you've got some spare time left, if you've got it in your heart, you can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. On Twitter, on Instagram, Keith. Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, just follow JJ from the Bronx and get the whole trifecta. Keith McPherson, George's Box, JJ. And we're going to keep this thing rolling. Episode 7, that's in the books. You already know what time it is, man. Replace for 28. All right. So, hey, let Keith know you're going to be at the game Saturday. See him. Give him a hug. Tell him happy birthday. Buy him a fucking drink. It's his birthday. What are you people doing? Don't be cheap about it. Also, get your tickets. May 31st, we'll both be out there for the Bronx Pinstripes event. You can go to BronxPinstripes.com. Go to the fan shop. We'll see you. Keith will see you Saturday. We'll see you on the 31st. And then most importantly, end of this year, get your scarves out. Because we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.